Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. So today is going to be a fun day, as it always is. I know I always say that, but it's always fun. But we're going to talk about the 2022 American horror film, Barbarian. Or as some of the deep divers have said, an anagram for Airbnb, which I thought that was, um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was cool. The director said he did not think about that at all, but people do their research and they reach deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, So this movie was written and directed by Zach Krager and it stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, our favorite uh, Pennywise and Justin Long, which honestly, when I watched this, I forgot that Justin Long was even in this movie. (laughs) Me too. Didn't even know he was in it. Till till we saw, I didn't, I I didn't hear anything that he was in this, or maybe I did, and I completely forgot, but like was shocked. Yeah, I feel like in the trailer there might have been a split second of his face in the cave, but other than that, Mm. just totally. I mean, we're all thinking of Bill Skarsgård, or at least I was (laughs) thinking Mm -hmm. about him. So any other guy in this, who was it? Because. Bill. We love him. So uh, obviously heavy spoilers for the movie Barbarian. If you have not seen it, it is relatively new. So get out to the movie theaters and support your movies. Literally, you have to watch this movie before you listen to this. Yes. Go in without (laughs) being spoiled. Please. Or else. Or else. else. (laughs) Jamie, Jamie has some, some strong words for you. So please. Strong. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, watch this movie before you listen to us. And Jamie, what are the trigger warnings for this movie? Um, it's, uh, it's gory. It's gutsy. Mm -hmm. Gutsy as in there's guts (laughs) that you see. (laughs) Actual guts. (laughs) Actual <laughs> guts. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like this movie has a lot of chutzpah. Right. <laughs> right. No, just, you know, you see some guts, some insides on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of references to sexual assault and kidnapping and rape and, like, just all of that attacking of, of women. Um, so 
but I have a lot to say about it. So I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait. You know, I love Jay, we need to find like a, a a name for for your rant so we can have a sound to it, like a Brian. I mean, it could also talk. be parlor talk. Yeah, it could just oh, we okay. could everyone's it's not just my parlor talk. Everyone's invited to the parlor. <laughs> also, I don't want to make another sound cue, so we're all parlor talk. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Every everybody's invited to parlor talk. That got me, Jamie. That was perfect. Uh, great. So before we get into everything, producer Brian has some words for us. Please. Of course. Um Hey everybody, producer Brian here. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Hi. Uh, yes, we are on YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. We are, of course, on um, uh, anywhere you find podcasts. But I'm speaking today to talk about social media. Hop on our social medias at Talk Horror Pod. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram and we're on TikTok doing some super fun stuff. Anything that we don't cover in a podcast episode, we're probably covering in some way on TikTok, whether we're watching the trailers, talking about a quick review of the movie. Um, You can check that out. We do a fun lists and stuff there of our favorites of the year, favorite certain genres, all that fun stuff. So check us out on TikTok at Talk Horror Pod. Thank you so much. And back to you, Nikisha. (laughs) I mean, shout out to producer Brian for all that TikTok content. Oh my gosh, yes. Round of applause for the hardest working exactly uh talking we're, horror producer. We're almost at t- we're 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 just about at oh I don't know, but we're but we're about at like six K at by the time this probably airs. Um Yay. I really I'd love by the end of the year I'd love to get to ten K so we can do um uh what are they called? The uh the the playlists. We can do playlists, oh, so I can, so I yeah. can, you know, the type A in me just needs organize. to organize all of our stuff immediately. <laughs> I feel uh, that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's that's what's happening there. That's so interesting. I also just didn't realize is is TikTok kind of the only social media platform that gives you a lot of different perks when you get followers, or do you, uh, or does that kind of happen with other ones too? Instagram Honestly. has a couple. Oh. YouTube okay. has a lot. The, okay. the like because because then you can monetize you know, the the the, pl- the podcast le- excuse me the social media is like that when you hit certain amounts because it's in one place and you're using their platform and people are going there like there's more opportunity and stuff there but uh i also think tiktok is younger so they're really testing out some stuff oh, okay fair yeah. well yeah guys help us get to uh 10k views by help <laughs> Help us. Follow Help us, us on TikTok. I want to get to 10K uh, <laughs> followers. Thank you. That is all. Thank you. That, this has been a PSA uh, from Talking <laughs> Horror. <laughs> Thanks. So before we get into everything that is barbarian, we got some things to talk about, y'all, about things that we have watched, things that I have seen with my eyes that I don't want to ever see again. Oh, Oh, fun times. Well, first, let's talk about the good thing. I watched Do Revenge and wow, 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 wow. Yes. Also, Sarah Michelle Geller. Also, yeah. Sansa. I just can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you liked it a lot? I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved it. I loved the, I mean, trying to not super spoil it for people who have not seen it because I do want you to see it, but there is a great twist at the end. I think that the acting performances are absolutely wonderful. And Brian, you had said something about this when we uh, talked about it, when you guys first watched it, 
just how it's definitely continuing on the trend of teenage angsty movies. And I think this fits so well uh, in that genre. I mean, it's just like, you know, mm. connected to Mean Girls. It's right there as far as level of um, storytelling and of acting and quotability. And even though it is for like the, not our generation, a younger generation, I think it still appeals to everyone. And I, and that's mm-hmm. also why I really, really enjoyed it, but it was great. 10 yeah. out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. Do yeah. Revenge. I also think because we've talked about this in episodes um, like Urban Legend uh, when we did I for, I don't remember if this is airing before or after our Urban Legend episode but you'll hear it um, the like when we talked about Urban Legend and how the three of us absolutely feel a sense of warmth and nostalgia and comfort watching mm. teen movies like this and quite frankly even if Do Revenge was not made quote for us. It is in our wheelhouse, and it just made me – it was like a warm blanket. I felt very comfortable yeah. watching that movie, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's It like – both is serving as like an homage to all of it while still kind of like being its own thing. Yeah. And putting its spin on things and uh, their – wow. What is the stranger character's name? I don't know why I keep – Maya Hawk. Yes. Mm. My, okay. Oh my God. She was so good. She was wonderful. And I, I think I watched like a TikTok video of her talking about her process and how she watched a lot of um, movies that uh, like psycho or, or like men characters. I'm trying not to spoil it when I say this, but she watched a lot of male actors in mm. preparing for this role so that she can kind mm. of, um, you know, reflect that in this character and i think it absolutely worked in in her favor i mean she's already a brilliant actress but mm-hmm. how her through line was in this was was great yeah and I, it. I also hear me out i actually think this would make a spectacular musical oh hmm. the soundtrack is incredible also yes it I is know. But I yes, so Brian, you're going to produce that. You just need to have a checklist of all the things that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots to do. Lots to do. Mm. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, and then the I, the second thing I finished season one of you on Netflix. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot you were watching oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it, guys. I can't. I, and it's nothing against the actors and every, I mean, they were wonderful. And I absolutely understand why people gravitate towards this show and why people would want to continue to watch this show. But for me, it was just, everyone was so terrible that I did not want to Mm. continue on following (laughs) their lives. It was just too much. And maybe, you know, and I'll say this, Maybe it's the time that I'm watching it as far as the social climate of it all. Maybe when it first came out, I could have been, okay, yes, let's continue on on this journey. But I just have to say, I mean, season three is, is well, what, season four is about to come out, I think? Yeah, um, they just released a trailer wow. for it. It's coming out in like two parts. Oh, wow. Well, okay, mm-hmm. so spoiler for season one, because the minute that he actually killed Beck, I was out. <laughs> I said that she's went through all of this this stuff, even though she made the dumbest decisions ever. And I also think she's a terrible person. <laughs> the fact that he actually ended up killing her in the end, just I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It's not mm. for me. 
no, thank you. <laughs> so you're you're stopping. You're done. I have to stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. Uh, again, I absolutely can understand why people watch the show and why they want to continue to watch the show, especially after the cliffhanger in season one, because I do want to know what happens. But it might be I might pull a Jamie and just read on Wikipedia what happens mm. <laughs> just to get through the rest this. of the story. But I I can't watch this man just get away with literal murder. It made my blood boil so bad. Sure. But that is it. So <laughs> have you guys watched anything? Um, we've been watching the 101, uh, we're Mm. continuing along with the 101, like best horror scenes from movies or whatever it is on shutter. Um, we're digging that. Although it's very funny. Some of them, they're like, this specific scene is the scene. And other ones are just like the whole movie is scary. It was, it's very weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's confusing. They're not always, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're always highlighting a particular scene, but I don't know. I'm still like happy with just like the content. Yeah. That's fair. There's That's a, super a fun. thing on Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it's super fun. Oh, okay. Well, similar to that on Hulu, and this probably came out like years ago, but now um it's on Hulu. It's a history channel show called Haunted History. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it just talks about like I think there's about ten episodes and it just talks about different spooky things that have happened in uh, America in general, like following the Manson murders or like the Salem witch trials is an episode. And there's one episode about a haunted box that gets passed around that dates back to like the Nazis. And it's just like, is it like a Dybbuk box? Yes. Yes. Wait, is this the post Malone thing? No, I don't don't know. I, I heard from I just heard this from someone that and I don't, I didn't do any research into this so okay. I, I don't know I'm just passing along information mm-hmm. but apparently Post Malone like the rapper uh like touched a Dybbuk box mm-hmm. and then a bunch of really terrible things happened to him like mm. like his his house caught on fire or burned down like a series of terrible things happened yeah. Uh, after, after, oh, like, okay, I just Googled him, and apparently he's in the hospital with a stabbing pain. I'm what? sure they're all going to say Oh, yeah, he fell on, no, he fell on stage. Didn't you see that on oh, TikTok? Wow. He, like, tripped and no. fell on stage, probably because he touched a Dybbuk box. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds about, the stabbing part, the feeling sounds about right, because that's what all of the people said. But you know when they do, like, the, the interviews and stuff? I mean, this feels like it was early aughts that they mm. had this Sure, episode. sure. Uh, but they said that it dated all the way back to like not Nazi times or or somebody had the box and they did like a fun seance because the war was happening and they no. needed something to do. And so no. they did a seance around and they got the spirit and then put it in the box. But then it was just weird because then they were saying that they caused like the Holocaust and all this. stuff, And I was like, this is really reaching very far to, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it was it was really wild, but interesting to just mm. kind of watch as a as a thing for spooky season. Don't touch a Dybbuk box. Oh, I real it's a, he had a car accident and a house break in. That's what happened after Yikes. he touched this box. So uh, so don't don't do touch it. spooky boxes. Yeah, it just you know antique sales, uh, estate sales. Just don't touch. Be careful. The <laughs> be, yeah, be, be careful. careful. Yeah. <laughs> Dybbuk boxes, man. I love I, the Dybbuk is is a very cool thing to me. I, I like how spooky it is. It's like the that there's like an actual like 
Jewish spirit, like that will yeah. like wandering around with sin to get like I don't know. I feel like all like that. That's like that's like our cool ghost. Yes, <laughs> your, your cool spooky thing. I get that. I do feel yeah. like the movies are kind of lacking though. Yeah, we uh, need a good Dybbuk I would, film. I would really. Yeah, there's been a couple, but they're just not. They're not as good, yeah. In my opinion, the the open. I would say the best Dybbuk sequence maybe is the opening of a serious man, the the Coen Brothers movie. Have you ever seen oh, it? I haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're 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 going down a Dybbuk tangent. <laughs> uh, this has been Dybbuk talk. <laughs> yeah, Dybbuk talk. Um, oh, so we watched we we watched a lot of trailers. So we watched. Um, the Last of Us trailer, which just came out. Yes, I did that today too. Um, very excited. Jamie's very yeah. passionate about it having to be good. Oh, of course. I hope that is good too. I just watched. I've never actually phys- physically played it. I just watch Aaron play it just for the story. Well, yeah, I, I didn't play. actually physically play it. I watched a YouTube, a no commentary YouTube video of the whole. First and second game. Like hours. Um, like 40 hours of YouTube content. I watched it with her. It was amazing. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. So I did that twice, actually, because I watched it a second time so I could make Brian watch it. Nice. It was awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of watching, we also watched the Watcher trailer, the no. Netflix show from Ryan Murphy about this family. It's um, Bobby Cannavale and Naomi Watts who – um, yeah. Move into this Resident house in New mom. Jersey. Mm-hmm, yeah, our, mm-hmm. our, our, our the spooky mom of all time, and <laughs> they move into a house in New Jersey, and then like they get letters that someone's watching them, and crazy things happen to them. However, Jamie, tell us why we're interested in this more than other things. Oh God. Um. So it's based on a true story, and it takes place in my hometown. No. Yes. There's an article. I think it's like a New York Mag article that came out in 2018 mm-hmm. um, that you can read about. It's it's literally called The Watcher. And when we were uh, when we were watching the um, the trailer, they they pull lines straight from the letters that this whoever it was sent to this family um, in the trailer. So they like actually are using like what this person said, um, which is terrifying. Yeah. So like this, this like person, this family moved to this house in Westfield, New Jersey Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they started to get these letters and it says it like some of the letters say, uh, you know, this house has been the subject of my family for decades. Um, mm. I've been in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. Um, do you know what lies within the walls? Why Why are you here? I will find out. Another one said, do you need to fill the house with young blood I requested? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, no okay, return okay. address, just creepy letters being delivered. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like... My town, like, this is, like, the thing, this is just nutty to me that this took place in my town, which is, like, otherwise a very cute town, great Mm -hmm. school district, uh, (laughs) really adorable downtown. Like, it's known for, like, having a cute downtown, and now I guess it's known for the young blood running in the walls of this home because this person's watching it. And I don't think they ever caught this person. What? All right. We'll not be going there. Mm -mm. Whoever they are. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm assuming that you didn't know about these events when they actually happened. You just now know about it through this movie that's coming out. No, I knew about it when it oh, happened okay. because okay. it made it like was in the news, and I was like, oh, "This is where I grew up." Um, but it didn't happen while I was in the town. Okay. It happened like okay. well after I moved. I was living in New York, and then mm-hmm. was like, "Why is my town in the news?" Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll not be going there. What what city is this? <laughs> In New Jersey? Westfield. It's Westfield. it's a lovely, it's really a lovely town. I was just reading, uh, Bloomberg ranked it the the 18th wealthiest city in New Jersey. Um, the 30, the neighborhood scout named it the 30th safest town. Um, it has a, a lovely Trader Joe's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and a watcher. And a watcher. And a watcher. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. Um, oh, gosh. Yes, you take the good with, with so, the bad. So there is that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, um, then, one last thing. Some mm-hmm. news I'm excited about is that there's going to be a um, Final Destination Six movie. Really? Yeah, and for eight, right. I think they're making it for HBO Max. Excited? Oh, that I didn't know. I think that's what I read. Maybe that's wrong, but I'm very excited for it regardless. Ugh, um, so wait, I know we were just talking about this. Uh, when we were talking about the ring, but I keep sending anytime I see any ad, any of these like live ads for smile, I have to send them to you because like, I still can't get over this marketing campaign. They've gone to like every baseball game that's existed in the last few days. It's also like just mostly it's one woman. Yeah, but uh, okay. Like, oh man, I hope they give her so much money. They probably didn't have to spend any money for this marketing campaign. No, and it's hysterical to me. But like, man, I want to see this movie, I'm and it comes excited. out so soon, so soon. Actually, and they were also on Good Morning America. There was another. Oh, that's where I saw yes. two behind behind them. They're just both sitting there, and there's only one person behind one. them in the window. Oh my god! Genius. It's so clever. It's so clever. Yes. For those of you listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube, Smile has probably come out already, and we'll all have opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> also true. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, let's get into everything that is barbarian because that's what we're here for. But we need a two-minute plot summary. So who is going to give that to us on this glorious day? I'll I'll do it. I'm okay with doing it. What's the plot? (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. I will time you. Good. My timer is always set to two minutes because it knows exactly <laughs> what we're here for. Yes. All right. Producer Brian. Okay. Tell me when to go. All right. Producer Brian, please tell us what is the plot of Barbarian and Go. Barbarian is told in different segments. The first segment, we see this woman arrive at her Detroit Airbnb. She gets there. It's terrible out. It's raining. She can't really see much. The house looks cute. She goes up to it, and the key is not in there on the door, and she's, like, very upset, and she doesn't know what to do. She traveled a long, long way. What they say? She drove from, like, North Carolina or Maryland or D.C. She drove from D.C., and then um, she finds that there's someone else there, and the house had been double-booked. So she said she'll just go into town. She decides not to. She is very apprehensive of this person she's staying with. 
Um, this other person is um, Bill Skarsgård. So he's in, they're in the house, they get to know each other talking, and then long story short, she wakes up at night, um, something is weird about it, she doesn't know. The next day she finds that there's, she's a job interview, the next day she finds that she opens up this door in the cellar, she doesn't know what's in there, it's super freaky, she's like, no, I'm not doing this, and she she gets out. And then she tells the boy, the boy goes in there, and she's like, I have to leave, he's like, no, 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 let me just check it out, because they had a nice time together. Um, and then so he went in there, he disappears, and then boom, there's a big jump scare and we don't really know what's happening and then immediately switch to segment two segment two introduces us to justin long Justin long is a pompous asshole of an actor who has just been accused of basically not basically accused of raping somebody um he denies it he has he's not his new job has been axed because of that so what he has to do is he has to go and basically sell the house that he bought and the house that he bought is surprise surprise the airbnb that the people are staying in he goes there he's measuring it's whatever he's measuring all that and then he is captured by whatever is in the basement there we find out that this is oh, this this grotesque oh it's 10 oh my god then there's another flashback um we see that there's a man kidnapping women and putting them in his basement okay and then at the end they all oh no i'm running out of time no! <laughs> <laughs> you spend like an hour and a half, or a minute and a half talking about the first scene. Oh, no. And then, essentially, it ends where they're all trapped together downstairs. We find out that this woman is, like, the um, a product of, like, incest and rape and all of that. Mm. And um, she just wants them to be her babies. Um, Justin Long's an asshole. And then, at the end, uh, the woman does survive. Uh and it's funny, it's scary, it's silly, it's wild. Um, yeah, don't 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 rely on my two minutes there. Thank you. Two and a half <laughs> minutes, four minutes. That was that was terrible. And that's the plot. That's a good job. I mean, it, it, good effort, it was good a effort. lot. It was a lot happening. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a lot to get through for the full story. But you did it, Brian. You did it. <laughs> did I? <laughs> so let's get into it with our first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. And Jamie, we'll start with you, but tell us, I mean, obviously you went and saw this in the movie theater because that's mm-hmm. all that was available. But tell us about your movie theater experience with this and give us your likes and gripes on it. So I think this is the movie, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, is this the one that the seats were broken? Yes, it was. Okay. So that really stood out to me because this movie really (laughs) scared me. And because, and now I feel so bougie saying this, but like the theater that we go to has like adjustable seats. Mm -hmm. So you can like move back and adjust your legs and stuff, but the seat was broken and like, it's a comfy chair, but I felt like I was trapped because I couldn't like position my body away from the screen. Mm. And so I just felt super vulnerable, even though I was still like far away from the screen. I was like sitting, we were sitting like the last row, but for some reason, because like the seat couldn't move, I was so tense and scared watching this movie Mm. and just felt like I was like hiding in my own body because I couldn't like get farther away from what was happening. Yeah. So, uh, so we're never sitting in those seats ever again. Um, <laughs> especially seeing a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, noted, noted. and yeah, this movie, this movie like completely surpassed my expectations. I, 
I, I, I went in blind as, as was recommended again, a rare, uh, a rare choice for me, mm-hmm. but I stuck to it because I really wanted to like get the full experience. And I'm really glad that I did that because it, it truly like shocked me. Um, the, <clears throat> the first act, um, I felt like I was going to throw up. Like I was just so uncomfortable because I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I like was very creeped out by Bill Skarsgård. I felt I very much empathized with Georgina Campbell's character of like feeling super apprehensive and just like completely stuck. Like, what are you supposed to do when you like drove for hours? You're in the middle of like, not a place that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're just like stuck. And then, and then, you know, you're in a very vulnerable position and, and this guy is weird and like, you're not really sure what's going on. And then, and then her waking up in the night, like, you know, being uncertain about like, is he being weird? Like, I I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, it just all like left me feeling disgusting, intense, and I loved it. (laughs) Um, and, I, so I, I just, I loved the first act. I I was like completely shocked when, uh, Bill Skarsgård's dead. And then we cut to Justin Long, who, like I said, I had no idea he was in this movie. And I like looked at Brian, like what? I think I might've even said that in the theater out loud. Um, (laughs) and was just like, wait, like what just happened? I'm so confused. And then I realized like, oh, this is like supposed to happen. Um, I, I loved, I didn't love Justin Long's character, but I loved Justin Long and his portrayal of this character who is a smarmy piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was like, he, he really played it really well through the end. Um, especially like when, I mean, we'll talk about like at the end when he, there's this moment where you think there's going to be redemption and then there isn't mm-hmm. because like, I, I really think that he's like, he's fully, 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 um, he is, you know, all encompassing this persona because like that is really at the core who this person really is when, you know, push comes to shove. Right. Um, my greatest like of this movie is despite this being a movie that is very thematic around sexual assault, rape, uh, just like, again, violence against women, there is not a single scene that we have to witness violence mm. against women. Mm-hmm. Like huge round yeah. of applause to this writer and director who, by the way, is a man. And not saying that men can't make movies that don't feature sexual assault. Right, But right. it just surprised me because it's just such a stereotypical horror trope that – to be totally honest, I'm totally fine if I never have to see it again in another horror movie. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more violence against women. I don't need to see it. Like, the fact right. that they allude to it so many times makes it scary in and of itself. The whole first act of this movie really encompasses what it's like to be a woman, just navigating interactions with men and feeling uncomfortable, feeling on edge, picking up on things that like in one perspective feel like cues of like something fucking weird is going on here. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it and being on high alert, but like to somebody else, which I also saw many reviews on TikTok were like, they thought that Bill Skarsgård was fine. And that to me is the beauty of why this movie is so good because like 
you, I mean, I hope that people see it with the lens of like, they are reading more into Bill Skarsgård's character because yeah. that, it, you know, in my opinion, is the experience of what it is to be a woman is yeah. to be reading into people and trying to figure out like, what are your intentions? Are you a good person? Are like, do you have unsavory, you know, like thoughts about uh, wanting to cause harm? Like trying to suss that out in, in what are otherwise like, you know, quote, normal interactions with people. Mm-hmm. This movie just like captured it. And again, without me needing to see people actually being assaulted, like snaps forever for, for <laughs> making a horror movie where I don't need to see any more violence against women. And the other, the, the part that like really truly sold it for me is like, you know, in act three, when we see the father, like the, the, the rapist guy who is going into the town and we see him like, you know, under false pretenses, go into this woman's home that he'd been following and unlock the, the, the window, window in mm-hmm. the bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we don't actually see him kidnap her. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't even need to, you just get the, the, idea of it implanted into your brain. And that is scary enough. The fact that Justin Long, we see Justin Long reacting to a video that he sees that we don't have to watch. His reaction is so like that scene is contingent on his reaction and his, Mm -hmm. and he plays it so well that you are just scared based on how he is reacting. We don't need to see the, like, we don't need to see violence against women. We don't need to see violence against people of color. Like I'm over it. I'm done. Stop. Let's like, Figure out another way to do this trope. For me, this is a super effective way to do this trope, and I loved it. And thank you for coming to Parlor Talk. With yes, <laughs> that has been Parlor Talk. Come sit, have a drink. It's Parlor Talk. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, well, yeah, Jamie, I'll just piggyback off of some of the things that uh, you have said. So I watched this with a couple of my uh, Hamill castmates. And, you know, they're humble brag, humble brag. (laughs) Um, And it it was a mix of people who love horror and people who just like going to the movies just for a movie experience, but not are they're not super into horror. So it was a good uh, variety of people that I got to experience the movie with. Um, And I, I say that because that definitely helped with how I was watching the movie. I mean, we had like a screamer there who was literally yelling at, you know, everything that was happening because she was so terrified <laughs> at the thing. A screamer. Um, I love that. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we had other people in the group who thought, you know, what is this? I have no idea what is going on, who didn't like it as much. And so we also had good discussions of, of how they felt about everything, um, which led me down, not a rabbit hole, but just a few videos of uh, Zach Krieger talking about the character and, one of the things that he said that will be alike in my likes and gripes is the fact that he initially wanted to create a horror movie that was fun and funny and just gives you the horror that it needs and then lightly sprinkle in some form of commentary wherever you, you know, wherever the audience might find it or whether it was intentional or not or whatever the case may be. Um, So I I appreciate that because when I initially watched it, I was, now we're all in the higher level thinking of horror. So we're always thinking about, well, what is the commentary? What is this talking about? And one of the things that rang in my brain watching this was the lead character, uh, Tess. 
as a as a black woman and everything that she was doing to try to save other people and it just made me so mad on the inside because mm-hmm. she had so many opportunities to just go and be safe and free but she you know is a nice is a nice person she wants to help people and that's good it's good humanity it's good to help other people you know in our social climate though I was like oh my god just please escape just get out of there because I don't want you (laughs) to die because this movie is already all over the place and I don't know what's going to happen and I just need you to survive and I will say a like is that she did (laughs) survive despite everything that was thrown at her another thing that the director talked about was that he wanted to create a character that uh, made the same decisions as him, so the taking the taking of uh, the the license picture uh, on her phone when she walks in, and that whole br- which I thought was a brilliant scene of her not taking the tea, and then when she comes like out of the bathroom and he has the wine and he, and Bill hasn't opened up the wine yet, and he gives this awkward speech, but I thought it was just so brilliantly acted. Um, that kind of like draws you in. And, and I, I love Jamie's point. So I won't harp on that about just what it is to be you can a harp. female. And yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you did a great job of it and it, yeah, there's no more that needs to be said. I just want to say that I agree absolutely on what the female perspective is when you are in those situations and the caution that you have to take. And I thought that that was good. And I thought that she made a lot of great decisions. The director also said though, that even though he wanted to create a character that, um, would make the same kind of decisions that he would make. You still have to put the main character into the dark situations because it's a horror movie, you know, and she doesn't know it's a horror movie. So of course she's going to walk down the steps. Somebody else might be like, don't walk down the steps, but she doesn't know what's going on. And she's trying to help Bill's character out. And you know, when, when he's down there and all that stuff, um, I will say another like was, uh, Justin Long's death that that was the most satisfying death next to when mm. Joffrey died in Game of Thrones oh, sure <laughs> it just made me so so happy and I also loved the gore in this movie it was brilliant I'm always down for uh insides on the outsides <laughs> um and and I think you mean I think you mean a gutsy movie oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. I said what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'm not sure we'll, we'll get into this about like the the mother character and and everything. But I do love how it was in three acts. When Justin Long came uh, on the screen, I thought for a minute, is this going to be like an anthology movie? I'm here for this. It's just going to be like mm. different stuff that's happening. And then here is here's the thing. Um, but how it all tied in together, I still uh, enjoyed that, and we'll definitely get into. Um, how awful Justin Long's character is in in that respect. Um, there was one more thing that I was going to say, but I, oh, I was just going to say uh, a huge gripe, and this is just a general gripe, not about the movie, but I have now realized that I hate when women are not believed in situations, and so the whole <sighs> scene when. <laughs> When Tess is talking to uh, Bill's character and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're hysterical right now. You need to calm down. Like, I'll go down there, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, dude, just pack your stuff and let's go. And then when she gets to the police and the police just dismiss her, it just boils my blood 
And now I just realized that that's just a huge pet peeve when pe- when women specifically are not believed for what they have to say. And that's why all those men freaking died in this movie because they did not believe her. And that is on mm-hmm. them. That's on that like and gripe. We should have a, a boils my blood uh, segment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have the sound of a blood curdling. That's. <laughs> um, I guess my question for you, Nikisha, is. Mm-hmm. One, what made you angrier, the Bill Skarsgård part or the police part? We'll start with that. Yes, I would say the police part because, in, and this is set in Detroit, and you know, Detroit might not be one of the safest cities in general. So there's probably a lot going on. Police have probably dealt with a whole lot of things. I get it. I'm the daughter of a police officer. There's a lot that happens. But the thing is, is when you see this distressed person that you can't even go into the house and look at what's happening, especially in a neighborhood that you know is not a safe neighborhood in your city. That just made me even more mad. So I would say the police. Sure. (laughs) Long answer, short. Second question. When the movie is trying to say something specifically about that, because I think as we all kind of talked about, this movie is about female safety and mm-hmm. believing females in, 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 in part of it is at least knowing that the movie is kind of about this. Does that alleviate some of that knowing that it's done on purpose for a larger point? You know what I mean? Versus a movie mm-hmm. that like maybe doesn't even know it's doing that. And may, it still makes you yeah. feel that way. Yeah. I mean, and you know, that that's a great question because obviously because it happens in so many different points, And even I will say when Justin Long's character, when we first find out what is going on in his life, to an extent, you kind of want to believe that he is right and not believe like when he first is just talking about it, just how he seems he's playing, of course, uh, how heartbroken that he is about like what's happening and he wants to like call the girl and try to, you know, make things all right. But then the you cringe, realize I cringed when he does call her. Yes. I was like, Oh my God, I can't like, I, that made me wildly uncomfortable. Absolutely. But it's just like, and, and, and that's the thing. I think it's also just a testament to Justin Long as a performer because he always is in these like happy go lucky roles anyway. And so to see him like driving in the car and talking about it and hearing like, oh, she's saying like this about me. You kind of want to be like, oh, is this is this true? And then you're like, oh, wait, no, he is an asshole. Ah, no, believe women always, always, always. Sure. But the fact, I, I think those two sides of it, in addition to Tess dealing with the police and Bill, I do like that they give commentary on it. Again, that was just that is just a pet peeve of mine watching that happen. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I didn't want it to happen in the movie or that it didn't need to happen in the movie you know commentary on it is commentary on it and that's great that sure. it's out there i just hate watching it <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah that's all but great Makes brian sense. your license gripes <laughs> sure um this is my favorite horror movie of the year i think this is a masterpiece i loved this movie i love this movie because it is scary it is hilarious it is spooky and silly it, it's giving us everything that I want from a horror movie in addition to like substa- saying something substantial in fascinating ways. Mm. So to me, this movie, as I mentioned, is about like 
female safety and the perspective of people surrounding that. And so the opening sequence, as you've both mentioned, is just absolutely wonderful because you really, depending on what perspective you're watching it, like you really are scared for her. Like, what is she going through? Like, that's the actual like fear in this is like, why is she making this decision? Like, it's scary because symbolic of that is that when she doesn't feel threatened, the the environment that she's in, that neighborhood looks totally safe. Mm-hmm. The second that she feels some sort of distress and doesn't really know what's going on, she looks around in the daylight and then all she, she realizes she's in like the, like a dilapidated neighborhood. Like yeah. these are these are these little like environmental pieces. Another like the only scene without tension in this movie is the conversation that she has with the documentarian in her interview. So the only scene in this movie where it's really two women who, you know, two, um, you know, women who can converse and actually like be present in some ways was the only tense free scene. And then at the end of that scene, the documentarian's like, whoa, like she's trying to look out for like, you should not be in that neighborhood. Like that is really bad, especially for like us and probably more for you. Like Mm -hmm. that was fascinating. I love that. I love that um, the twist on the title, you go in thinking Barbarian is about the the thing in the basement, the woman in the basement, but really it's about the men in this movie, and I love that. Um, yeah. I, I love the drastic tone shifts, especially because of how they compare and contrast people's perspective. You have that opening sequence when she is in this terrifying situation we learn later that Bill Skarsgård is just an awkward guy and he's actually trying to do good, like not opening the wine, making to try her feel safe. But because he's so awkward and weird about it and not smooth, it comes off as like, okay, what is actually happening here? And I love mm-hmm. that because then when Justin Long gets, so she's in the basement, super freaked out, like slowly walking down the hallway. She finds this weird room. That's her as a female. S- Actual, literally and symbolically walking through life. Mm. However, Justin Long, who has been accused of rape and which we find out he actually did, he's just like obnoxious, whatever. And all he can think about when he's in the basement and discovers the same thing that she does, he's literally having a really good time and is excited in the same situation that she's in measuring everything because he needs to sell the house. And this is all just more space for him. So you have this total juxtaposition of a woman in the same scenario that a man is in. And the man has no issues with that, that scenario. And I just like ate it up. I thought it was just a beautiful way of showing that within the context of a horror movie. Um, Mm. I loved. And then in addition to that, in the flashbacks, I think it was to this, the eighties or the sixties or seventies, I honestly, I don't remember. Um, um, So when you have the flashback to the man who's abducting the women, um, you know, as the backstory, he goes into that hardware store and that grocery store, whatever it was, and no one questions it. He's looking for like plastic and diapers, like everything a serial killer would need. And the woman's like so nice to him because he's just like looking for like things for a baby. Like no one questions it. In today's world, that would probably be raise some flags maybe i don't know but and then like not questioned at all um you know fascinating um i just loved all of that 
I think it tied together so well. And then on top of that, you're layering that with this maternal need to take care of your children. So like this poor woman, this quote barbarian, um, is in the, has been trapped down there kind of with free reign, but trapped down there. She's the, she's the product of incest and rape and like all these like continual genes crossing over with each other. And all she wants to do is take care of her babies. And, and it's like, at first it's scary. And then at the end, it's like wildly sad. And my, and another like in this, um, obviously is Justin Long, like, trying to show that he's acting he's an actor in this movie like showing his remorse and then like immediately like throwing her off the edge for that the yeah. woman to catch, catch her i love that um i loved the the random homeless guy who's like she hasn't come in here at all and then she pops through the wall i love the silly excellent, excellent. i love the silly scene where she's jumping off the water tower and it's that one shot it's just like what movie am i watching um mm-hmm. i loved it And what I really loved is I loved the last scene in this movie. I thought, so this woman is this creepy old woman of product of incest and rape is on top of her. And you have, she has the gun. Um, um, Georgina Campbell has the gun in her hand finally. And she, there's that split second of, I have to decide what I'm going to do here. I empathize with this woman. I totally, and us as an audience too, we realize now what she comes off as scary in that first scene. And now at the end, she's like, we feel so bad for her and what she's been through. But you know what? She's still doing what she's doing. And so like that last gunshot to end the movie and she's just like, I got to do what I got to do. Even if it's woman on woman violence, even though you got to stick together, like this is not Mm -hmm. that scenario. And I just absolutely fell in love with this movie. I think it is a true masterpiece. This is what I love in horror. I love when you're doing something spooky and scary and it's reflecting something in our personal lives, in our lives. And I feel like I got a better insight into what it's like to be a female in those situations, if only because of that opening sequence and then seeing how Justin Long went through everything a lot easier than Georgina Campbell in that first scene is just like, first sequence, I should say, it's just like truly spectacular. Um, My only gripes of this movie are, I I don't know if they did a best job of justifying her decisions um, because like she, Mm -hmm. from based on who she is, she probably should have left. Like, like you said, Nikisha, like she should not have been convinced by him to stay. Um, And then my other gripe with this is, this is not a gripe about the movie. Um, I've just had like, I've seen a lot of bad reviews of this movie that clearly don't understand what this movie is trying to say. I, I am not a fan of someone not liking a movie and not understanding it. And if they don't yeah. understand it, like maybe do a, again, you don't have to go above and beyond, but like do a little bit more research. What is this movie about? Why didn't I like it? I feel like a lot of people are just like turning this movie off. Cause like, Oh, I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't scary. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. I, I don't know. I, and maybe I'm just being a total obnoxious duty head, but like, <laughs> no. I, I think that, I think that as a culture, our media literacy has um, very much gone down. And I feel like um, people, I like even Nope and things like that. I just feel like 
we could do a better job as a society of understanding art. And if we don't understand it, like, let's do a little bit more research. There are tons of thought pieces on all of this. I'm not saying they didn't read them, but like I've seen reviews and I've seen like mean spirited comments, especially on our TikTok, that are that clearly are people not just being trolls, obviously. But then there are people who just actually didn't understand it and whether you i'm not saying you have to like it if you understand it exactly i'm I'm not at all but i would appreciate a more forward conversation about why you didn't like it even though i know tiktok and those comments are not built for long conversations i get that but there's Mm -hmm. there's definitely something that irks me inside that's like maybe you didn't like it because you didn't fully like absorb and understand it like Maybe you liked the first sequence and then you didn't like the, the, the tone shift because that's not your thing. That's fine. When Jamie and I right. were watching this, we totally talked about the fact this is going to be a very divisive movie. You're either going to super love this or be like, this wasn't for me. I just hope that you could say this wasn't for me because you understood it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll even you know, go a step further and say in our age of new things that come out, it seems like we feel like we have an idea of the movies that are just going to be horror for horror's sake, torture porn, whatever, you know, a new Final Destination coming out, the new Halloween coming out. Like we know that those movies are not going to have super commentary, a lot of substance, and we can enjoy it for what it is. And some new stuff that comes out, we feel like this is going to be the elevated horror and we hold it up to that standard. And when it's not that, we just immediately dismiss it because it's not what we thought it was. It's not a Jordan Peele. It's not a whatever. Mm -hmm. When, when there's some in-between areas, there's some gray areas, there's some things where if we just kind of, like you said, Brian, research a little bit more about it, we can really kind of define why we didn't like it for the sake of why we didn't like it or whatever. And I guess it's also too, not just, you can, you can absolutely say you don't like something and not give a reason for it. Great. That's fine. It's not your cup of tea, but to, but to, Tell someone that they're dumb for liking the movie. Sure. Like, I think that's, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that I'm dumb for liking it exactly. when you haven't like, did you understand it? And do you know why I would like it? That's, that's a better description of how I'm feeling as opposed to the other way around for sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just because there's a lot of stuff that we have said on this podcast that we don't like or things that we have all disagreed. Some of us like and some of us don't. And it's for whatever reason, whatever. But we don't put each other down for liking or not liking the movie. So I think that's kind of where we need to come together in the horror realm, especially in a genre that is not really praised in general (laughs) as far as, you know, awards academy awards and and things of that nature it's like okay let's all just come back to what zach um the director said at the beginning he just wanted to make first and foremost a horror horror movie that he thought was just would be a fun ride for everyone hop on baby yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and with how crazy it was we were all on that ride whether you liked it Mm -hmm. or not he fulfilled his purpose of putting you on that ride because it was not what we expected it to be. Yeah. And you can at least appreciate it for it not being what you expected it to be. Totally. Yeah. Here's yeah. a question before we move to mm brains. Is this elevated horror? Oh, that's a great question. Because Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just <clears throat> like, you know, it depends on the person. Of course, everything is subjective, 
But what are you putting this up against as far as elevator horror, I guess, is my question back to you. Hmm. I don't know. People will usually submit for the approval of the Midnight Society, like um, (laughs) Hereditary, Midsommar, The Lighthouse, The Witch, as kind of being more elevated horror. I mean, I don't think so, but I think it has its own place. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't think that it is on that level of hereditary, no, or get out, no. But in us just having this conversation, the commentary that it does speak on is more elevated than Halloween ends. It's more elevated than some of the other newer stuff that or we have. Or kills. We didn't see ends yet. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Halloween kills, yes. I mean, but I'm just gonna assume it's not gonna Oh no, you're <laughs> definitely right. But I don't want people thinking we're super cool and we've seen it already. We have oh, not. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We're going to be watching <laughs> no. on Peacock with the rest of y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just my opinion. I think that I'm trying to think of a movie that I feel will be on the same level of this that we've watched that's new. I have an idea, yes. but I'm going to wait until suggestions. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. But I would but, say I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Nikisha. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> I also sometimes have a problem with the idea of calling certain things elevated horror and feel like there's this, I think that reinforces kind of what you were saying also that like horror does not get the respect that it definitely deserves Mm -hmm. as a film genre. It's like definitely undervalued in the award circuits. Um, However, if people look at the financials, like horror consistently performs like horror makes money so it is also interesting looking at it from like a money-making perspective that like there is consistency there why aren't we also looking at this craft with more respect for Mm. what it's doing like people are seeing these movies people are paying for these movies there's good there's like excellent quality in these things does it have to fall under this like category of elevated to be you know, like considered and regarded more highly compared to Scream or like yeah. other slashers or other things. So, so that's my, that's my aside, but I don't think that this like fits in elevated, but I do like that it has a strong message in addition to like the fun that this movie is having. It's able sure. to successfully accomplish both. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this embodies bodies, bodies would be like a good two pack together mm. as far oh, as spoiler alert level spoiler. <laughs> i mean that's not one of my suggestions but i feel like in what we have watched and talked about it's like on the same level what about sure. you what do you think Brian? um i don't know i i think that there's a mid-tier i think that there's like yeah and I, I, I i think there's like elevated horror there's something in the middle and then there's like schlock if you will like smell elevated yeah (laughs) um and i I don't think that these are tiered in terms of like this is the best this is not this is the bottom like i don't see the tiers at all i see them more as just categories and i think that this isn't necessarily like which level because to me people think of elevated horror as like not having comic relief there being no funny Mm. parts like like Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. this is genuinely like scary and funny and campy and stupid and silly. The, the reason that I could see this being elevated horror is because it's saying something pretty substantial or it's making you mm-hmm. feel a certain way. Um, mm. I think it's just the way it's presented that is not quote elevated, but like the way that it made me feel and the way that it used those feelings 
for me to understand what it's like to be in someone else's shoes in like a sociological way is just like an absolute triumph. And a lot of movies try to do that. And this one absolutely did that. And I, I do think that us being in those chairs that didn't move also added to that experience. Like as stupid as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Well, let's get into mm, brains. I think we've been kind of dipping our toe in it uh, as we've been discussing our, our likes mm-hmm. and gripes, but which has been really great conversations. Uh, but let's just kind of talk about Justin Long's character in general. And this is not going to be a, a definitive question uh, for you, Jamie or Brian, but I just want to talk about when people get into <clears throat> life and death situations, you know, there's always kind of this, this trope of like, oh God, if you get me out of this, like, I promise I'll go to church or like, you know, um, I, I promise I'll do better or I won't cheat on my math test or whatever, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, this in Justin Long's character, you, you kind of see that aspect of, oh my God, I'm in this, uh, survival life or death situation. And if I get out of this, you know, like I need to change, change my ways and whatever. Mm. And then when he gets out of the situation, kind of, he throws, literally throws somebody under the bus <laughs> yep. so that he can fully survive and, and continue on. And there's no, I guess there's no like lesson learned in this, which is unsettling, <laughs> but great because in <clears throat> horror is unsettling. And I think it's great that he did not learn a lesson. He just died because he's a terrible person. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just, Jamie, I don't know where, where this could actually go, but <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about like, why do you think that life or death situations bring out that aspect of our human behavior to say, okay, I'm going to change my ways, but then someone can still decide if, if they survive, still make those bad decisions. Like still if that's be a the case, head. yeah, if that's the case, then what is the thing that can make still them change? You know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, I think that, uh, I think there's a difference between like external versus internal desire to change. Okay. Like just as an example, like, you know, the pressure that he's feeling to change isn't coming from like who he is as a person. It's coming from like, there's an external threat and like, mm. maybe if I'm a good person, like maybe the choices that I've done up to this point have led me to this moment and like that's that's a point of reflection but i don't think that he actually learns anything because then he's like he's also thinking through like survival mode and thinks like well i can survive because like this other person is injured and mm-hmm. he's making this calculated decision but yeah i think that like our i think that when people change cuz not not everybody is capable of change. I, oh, let's I talk truly about that. <laughs> I that may that might be more of a personal opinion. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear the no, opinion. No, I mean cuz I I think that it's it really comes from within. Like people mm. can say I've heard people say they want to change all of the time, mm-hmm. but unless they actually like truly want to and there are there are things that make it difficult to change certainly, but there's still like an a a desire to like that innate 
motivation to change Mm -hmm. when you don't have that, like there's nothing that's, that's gonna be different for you. So I think that like when the pressure, like, you know, I think like ultimatums in relationships sometimes don't work because again, not that the person who's offering the ultimatum isn't worth changing. It doesn't really, it like has something to do with them, but not, not that much because again, it really comes from their partner that like needs to look inward and like if it's connected with what they want, if someone wants to do something, they are going to do it. Right. Like, I think that's an important thing to remember too, that like we can, we can set people up for success. We can give them all of the access to resources to make good quote, good decisions. And they can still choose whatever they want because it comes from within. So I think that like, Unless even, even in this movie where like, there's several things that Justin Long's character is faced with that could be come to Jesus moments mm-hmm. there. It's like right in his face. He sees some dude's arm ripped off in front of his face. He's, he's unfortunately suckling the teat of this weird old lady. Uh, all of these things you'd think would potentially be like, wow, how did I get myself into this mess Right. <laughs> as, as that point of reflection? But it's not, I just, at least for him, I don't see it as enough to like really look inward and, mm. and evaluate like, okay, here's, here's the moment where like we can, we can join, like him and Tess join forces and like work together. Right. He's still only in it for himself. He's selfish. And like, there isn't that internal desire. So, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong about my earlier opinion that like not everybody can change, but I do, I don't think that it's that anyone, everyone can't change, but rather I think some people really struggle with that inward inner connection and they are not easily influenced by external forces that like would otherwise influence some other people maybe to potentially change. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so yeah, so I don't, I I think that he is not easily moved by the thing, even though he's, he's, he can be horrified by everything happening. He's not moved enough that like it, it really changes aligns with whatever his values are Mm -hmm. to then seek out, you know, an alternative choice of action. And Jamie, I think you brought up something very interesting there. Um, She did rip a man's arm off and (laughs) I, I now believe that Pearl could uh, do all the things that Pearl did as an 80 year old woman. If this, uh, if this, uh, you know, underground woman, uh, uh, could, uh, pull off a man's arm. Um, oh, we just, we just, I just very, I have a gross question. Okay. Like is, is she still able to breastfeed? Like I, I'm not, no. a, I'm not a mother. I'm not a parent. No. I don't really understand how that all works. And I'm sure at some point in my future, I'll figure it out. But right now <laughs> I don't fully, I don't get it. So like, cause I know that people can like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, can, they can, they can make it happen even if they themselves have not given birth. Right. That I don't up? know. Am I bad at science? I, should, I, should someone revoke my license? <laughs> I just have from my not experience there because none of us have kids, and this is oh man, great. But it feels like 
in the stages of of birth, I've never heard of someone being able to breastfeed without having given birth. Because in theory, like let's say you have you're able to successfully breastfeed. Because I also know that not everybody can. There's a lot of yeah. things that make it incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. But like people, like people who wean off breastfeeding it doesn't just stop. Like the flow doesn't stop. It's you stop by virtue of just like deciding that you're not going to anymore. And then like, it stops on its own with time. Definitely with time. But like you said though, like so even can you if, start it, <laughs> but I think there's something sciencey that happens. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not like the yeah, secret. You're not like the secreting it. <laughs> I want this to happen. <laughs> Because even when you're weaning, like you said, like there's still yeah, milk. Jamie doesn't there. know how breastfeeding works. I just say it. Because women still have to like release the milk out of, even if they don't use the milk, they still have to release the milk outside of their breasts. Otherwise, that's All my that parent stuff can friends are going to be up. so disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Okay. We'll, we'll move forward. This has been, this has been, but yeah, so we're, we're pretty sure that she was not no. producing milk. And no. and but, but she like, had the she had the idea from just that that TV that was playing in the background of this is what you're supposed to do as as a sure. mother. Sure, we're probably operating under the assumption that like she probably was like significantly developmentally delayed and like was not able to understand that like she herself was not having these children, or she did have mm-hmm. children that were died or taken away from her. I mean, that's also um, yeah. probably true. And she was breastfeeding. She could breastfeed at one point. Um, but now she, at this age, she's probably gone through menopause. Her her <clears throat> her hormones are not working the same ways that they used to. And like that's right. also probably a confusing thing for her as well. And she's still watching these videos. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it uh, in addition to that. Um, yes. uh, yeah, that has been breast milk <laughs> Don't worry. I've been Googling it. I learned about the hormones that are involved. Okay. So you can't just start it. Yes. we. <laughs> you need you need specific hormones in order to initiate it. But that's why I was like, if you, let's say you have access to these hormones, like could you inject yourself with them and then produce breast milk? Is that how that works? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Do you think there's an X-Men who like can produce breast milk whenever they need to? <laughs> Wait, okay. All mammals lactate, and it's possible to induce lactation in men and in non-pregnant women using the right hormone medications. Okay, so I was right. I feel but with slightly the better. Oh, I, well. Yes, yes. So at least it's not just like you don't will it, but like you can make it happen with hormone medications. So I don't feel as insane. Well, as I learned from Me the Parrots. <laughs> Yes, yes. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> That's what we were thinking the whole time. I'm so happy you said that, Brian. <laughs> but I, I do have a I do have a serious <laughs> brains question. Yes. So when Justin okay, yeah. Long, let's pretend like we never talked about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. <laughs> um when Justin Long is in with is in the basement and he finds the man. Oh, here's another thing I liked about the movie. Justin Long immediately thinks that the man is being held captive by the woman. 
Mm-hmm. He he mm-hmm. never for one second thinks that the man is actually the barbarian and the mastermind behind all this horrible stuff. Another yeah. way that we like just initially trust men and all of a sudden women are the evil ones because for whatever reason he ran into her first. That's how his brain works. He's crazy misogynist. But I thought that was fascinating. But my mm-hmm. question to you is when the man was reaching to the, the nightstand – I actually thought he was reaching towards the bell string for a little bit, but then he wanted he wanted the gun. My question for you is, was he did he was he reaching for the gun? Oh, yes. So, yes. So, yes. Was he reaching for the gun um, because he did he always want to kill himself? Do you think the gun was too far away for him? Like at that point, do you think now he was discovered? He just wanted to off himself. Did he hate himself for living down there? He just couldn't reach the gun because he was so disabled, you know, like. What do you think was happening there? Because I'm still thinking about that sequence. Hmm. Does that make sense? The question I'm yeah. asking. Yeah. No, because I definitely did think he was going to reach for the belt so that she could come in and off the yeah. sky. Um, oh, I knew there was a gun in that thing. I was like, oh, he's going to try to kill himself. Like that's. Do you think just I because he's was old and he was dying slowly, he wanted to just go ahead and die because the deed is already done? And now that somebody could hand him the gun, you know, or do you think, I don't know. Do you think, why do you think that he would just off himself? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that he has remorse. That's not the sense that I got. Mm. I mean, we don't really know again. That's why we're asking this question, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that he had any remorse, I, I, it's almost like, you know, if he can't do this anymore, then like, what's the point of living? Like, that's like a very dark interpretation, but like, you know, he, he's bedridden at that point. He, I'm assuming that like, you know, he created this whole dungeon system and like he was being taken care of Mm. and, and like, you know, when he couldn't get the care that he needed anymore and also just like, couldn't continue being a terrible person, like what else was there for him? And he wasn't going to go anywhere else that all, like he made that very clear mm-hmm. to the point where he built this whole like dungeon for himself to live in. He was like, I'm never moving from this house. So like, you know, now that someone new comes in, what are his possibilities? Like he's going to get arrested. He's going to get like removed and taken to a hospital or a hospice or something mm-hmm. like he's not leaving that spot. So he'd rather sure. die in the place that he like committed all these atrocities than, you know, yeah. go anywhere else. What's his exact line when the neighbor says we're selling. And he's like, I'm never leaving or something like that. What's his yeah. line there? Oh. I'm never leaving. Yeah. Maybe I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot that that even, that that even happened. Mm-hmm. But that is so interesting to me too. Just the, the mental state of him, you know, we never, a lot of there's a lot of research done on people who do all of these crimes and where does that come from and sometimes people are just evil for evil sake there's not doesn't necessarily have to be something that has happened to them but it always is interesting to me seeing men who do these awful things to women and it kind of sort of feels like they're they're trying to get a sense of control of something or someone and that's kind of their their motivation for mm. doing things. Sure. Um, but yeah, that wasn't leading to a question or anything. It's just interesting. And I I 
always wonder why people do the things that they do, but that's a whole nother conversation because you can't really pinpoint like why exactly would this man want to be capturing women? Like what is the motive? And uh, and I don't think the movie necessarily needed to give that either for Mm -hmm. it to have a good through line. It's like, nope, this is, this is what was happening. And that's why this woman is in a basement. And that's why this house is still up and people can still rent it off of whatever housing sites. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Any other yeah. thing on uh, brains? Not for me. I thought we brains did up. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, shall we get into some Rotten Tomatoes? I would love. Yes, O's. Yes. Okay. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Jamie, you can go first. Yeah, Jamie. Uh, hmm. I think an 88. All right. Nikisha, what are you thinking? I'm going to say an 80. Right on the dot. All right. This movie has... A 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, great! The critics' consensus is smart, darkly humorous, and above all scary, Barbarian offers a chilling and consistently unpredictable thrill ride for horror fans. Yeah. 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 Um, The audience score is a 71%, and the, the audience says... The less you know going into Barbarian, the better. But be prepared for an ending that might rub you the wrong way. I think that's fair. I think mm-hmm. this was divisive. I loved it. I, I But, like, I, I that's fair. Yeah. All right. The four S's. Shall we do those, too? Yeah. Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right, those stand for skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls is how we think this movie handled mental health and human behavior. Um, scares is how scary was it. Uh, shakes is how much will it stick with you, essentially. Can you shake it off? And then, of course, we'll go through suggestions. But first, Jamie, why don't you give us your 1 through 10 ratings for skulls, scares, and shakes? Sure. Um, so I, for skulls, I gave it a 5 because I do feel like there are a lot of bad decisions made <laughs> in this film. Um, but I also think that they kind of explain some some of it. But I'm also just like, come on, like, don't st- don't like go back for this dude that you literally just met, even if you like have a nice time together. Like Please. it's not worth it. It's not worth your life. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Um for scares, I gave this an eight. Uh, like I said, I was like truly pooping my pants in this movie theater scared. Um, for shakes, I'm also giving it an eight because I haven't stopped thinking about it. This movie was so good. Um, I'm recommending it to everybody. And it's it's definitely gonna it's definitely in my top ten, top five. Like it's gonna be up there for a while. Nice. Nikisha. Skulls, I'm going to give this a six, again, just based on the conversations that we have had about it on the commentary, which I think was a really good conversation that I think other people should listen to us talk about this so they can, (laughs) you know, 
yeah. gather some more information for their opinions on this movie. Uh, scares, I'm going to give it a five for the gore. I really liked the gore, but it wasn't super jumpy for me. Maybe I needed those bad seats like y'all had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Shakes, I'm going to give it a six as well. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I'm either way with like the extremes of hating it or loving it, but I would I would definitely watch it a second time for sure. So. Cool. Um, Skulls, I gave it a seven because I just thought of how it, <clears throat> not even the characters, but just presented the way that, and it just made me feel the way that they were feeling was awesome. Uh, scares, I'll mm-hmm. give this a seven, <clears throat> even just for that uh, sequence um, at the end of part one, we'll call it. It was just like mm-hmm. spectacular. And then uh, suggestion, uh, oh, excuse me. And then shakes, um, I'm giving this a nine. I, I really loved this movie. This is like, this is an all timer for me. I, I just nice. maybe it's because I had a great experience. I just didn't know what was going to happen next. I was all, literally on the edge of my seat trying to get comfortable. Like it was just like <laughs> it was really great. All right, suggestions, Jamie. Why don't you start us off? Sure. So the movie that other people had said this was like very similar to that I kind of not exactly the same, but like a similar vibe. Um, Malignant. As like oh, another yeah. recent horror movie that kind yes. of had like a like a oh shit what the fuck is going on moment. Yeah, um, I feel like you know Malignant is a is a good comparable one. Um, HBO <laughs> one, Gabriel. Oh Gabriel, <laughs> oh, Gabriel. we'll never stop thinking about Gabriel. Never. Um, that's another movie that like I will <laughs> recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. Yes. Um, another one that also. Uh, Makes you think one thing and then totally flips the script at the end and you never – you don't need to watch the sequel because they undo all of it is <laughs> The Boy. Wow, wow, wow. We love The Boy. We love Brahms. We love Brahms. Um, <laughs> but I think that like as a triple pack, this is like a really solid grouping of like, you know, very tense. You think this is what's happening and then bam, boom, Brahms – Gabriel yep. and ma- and mommy, mommy dearest. I don't know what her <laughs> name, mother, the mother, the mother. Yes, mommy dearest. This is, Mama. yeah, this is a pro Brahms podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, pro Brahms, the boy one, yeah, less, less boy two. Boy two. <laughs> Nikisha, um, I'm cheating a little bit, and my suggestion is going to be what the director suggested in, in an interview I watched. Um, that he said he kind of based his mood and theme on that I haven't seen, but it's called Audition. Ooh. But yeah, I'm spooky movie. Spooky, icky movie. Very icky. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, I'm suggesting his house. um, Okay. For two reasons. One, like his house was like my favorite movie from that year. This is my favorite movie from this year. And even more than that, I think something that these movies have in common is they really make you feel like you're in the position of the people in the movie. That sequence in his house when she is lost and she thinks she's found people like her because they're the same color and then they still make fun of her because she's still different. Like that scene alone made me feel very similar to the opening sequence of this movie where like mm. I feel like I'm in that you in that person's um uh uh spot in their shoes um so yeah. I'm going with his house my my two favorite movies from those respective years 
Yeah, it's great. It's a good house. <laughs> it's, it's a good it's a good house full house if you will yes grand so i think that wraps up our episode of barbarian i was about to say his house no. <laughs> <laughs> whatever we watched whatever we watched barbarian i mean we talked about so much on on this episode but uh you can follow us on all of our social medias as uh producer brian has mentioned earlier at talk horror pod on instagram and tiktok and youtubes hi everybody in youtube land youtube world uh yes and please just give us a follow on that tiktok so we can get up to our 10k followers and Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. So that is on places like Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And thank you. Does anyone have a quote? I will say that Jamie just talking about suckling the teat just had me out. <laughs> But anyone else have, have a quote from this movie? No, um, no, I guess. Uh, uh, oh, more space! Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, with the with the okay. tape measure. <laughs> That's great. Oh my god, that was fun. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank bye bye. Bye.